This is MSCI Perspectives, your source for weekly research insights as investors respond to the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm your host, Adam Bass, and today is June 18th, 2020. This week, what lessons have we learned from the current crisis? When we last spoke with Demetrius Mellis, MSCI's Global Head of Equity Research, there was so much unknown about the disease and its effects on investors and markets. Since then, he's been able to digest it all a bit. Demetrius returns now with five lessons he's learned. Welcome back to the program, Demetrius. Before we get to those lessons, I have a question that everyone involved with Perspectives has wondered about. The last time you were on, you shared with us that your favorite local pub, the oldest in England, I believe, you said it had been closed because of the pandemic. So, has the pub reopened and have you been able to get that pint? Unfortunately, no, not yet. Uh, The British government... uh has announced plans to reopen hospitality venues later in the summer. There is no clear date yet, but I'm hoping I'll be able to do that quite soon, but not yet. I hope so too. Actually, it'd be great to buy you a beer there one day. Now, as I mentioned, your research has led you to five lessons from the market crisis. Given that it's still ongoing, why was this the right moment to step back and look at what we've learned so far? Well, you see, it's quite remarkable how much the world has changed in the last few months. This has been a very short period of time. And during this short period of time, this crisis has completely changed the way we live our lives. But we have also witnessed almost a complete market cycle in the last three months. We had a very sharp uh, drop in equity markets in March, and that was followed by what was an almost equally rapid recovery in April and May. So that's precisely why we felt now is the right moment to take a step back and see what we have learned so far. And in particular, we wanted to try and understand how different markets and strategies have weathered this unprecedented storm. The first lesson you point to is around one of the fundamentals of investing, diversification. What kind of performance did you see for investors with global portfolios and global companies for that matter? I think it's fair to say that uh, global markets have proven to be quite resilient so far during the crisis. And this is obviously good news because it it has allowed both issuers uh, to continue to raise capital and also investors to, to spread risk across different markets. For global investors in particular, you know, being able to invest across different markets meant that their portfolios were less exposed to regional variations in performance as the crisis was spreading to different countries with different speed and with different intensity as well. So that was the benefit for investors. They were able to spread risk and weather the storm. For companies at the corporate level, what we have seen is that companies with assets and revenues, even supply chains across multiple locations, these types of companies have been relatively more resilient to local disruption in economic and business activity. And I think all of these um, observations uh, will likely lead both investors but also corporate managers to make risk diversification a more important driver of their business and investment decisions in the future. You also found that throughout the crisis, there were definitely opportunities for active managers who are sometimes known as stock pickers, but those opportunities were not necessarily because of the stocks they picked. Can you explain what you found? 
You know, very often when um, a crisis hits, uh, you hear um, uh, commentators uh, say that um, in a crisis there's nowhere to hide, correlations go to one. Uh, you may even uh, hear comments about panic selling in the market and so on. But actually, when you examine the data, when you look at the data, you draw a different conclusion. It has been clear that markets have not been indiscriminate in this crisis, and that's the case also for previous crises as well. So what's been happening is that certain economically sensitive factors uh, and assets uh, have very sharp drawdowns, while at the same time, uh, other more defensive, uh, safe, uh, safer assets uh, suffered only small drops, and in some cases even uh, rallied. And, and I think this is Far from reflecting market panic, actually what this is demonstrating is that investors reacted in a rational and discriminating way and tried to price different uh, assets and strategies according to the exposure they had to the deteriorating economic and market environment. And obviously another implication is that dispersion in performance is great for active management. It really provides a lot of opportunity for uh, active portfolio managers to uh, deploy their skills and and, uh, add value through through active management. Yes, I remember being struck by your analysis of the markets as rational. At the time, that was not the general consensus. But please, you were talking about the dispersion of performance. You know, dispersion increased dramatically, but one important question that we wanted to address uh, was... um, what were the sources that contributed most to this uh, dispersion? And when we analyzed cross-sectional uh, returns, we found that dispersion attributed to factors, to common factors, actually rose a lot more sharply than stock-specific volatility. So what does this mean in, in, uh, in plain English? Just to give a very simple example, you can imagine that as the crisis struck, it quickly became evident that certain uh, sectors would suffer a lot. For example, uh, leisure, hospitality, travel. So clearly in this type of environment, you can imagine it was absolutely critical to manage exposure to the airlines industry. And it was much less important to try and choose between British Airways and American Airlines. In other words, you know, in this type of environment, managing your factor exposures uh, effectively became much more important than trying to pick the right stocks. And by and large, did active managers capitalize on those opportunities? Uh, Actually, I'm afraid to say no, they did not, at least not in aggregate. So what we did is we examined a large sample of actively managed uh, mutual funds investing in global equities. We had over 1,600 actively managed uh, equity funds in in our sample. And what we found was that only 26% of those uh, funds outperformed their benchmark in the first quarter of uh, of the year, which was when the crisis uh, hit, compared to 40% of of those funds um, had experienced outperformance over the previous 10 years. So, you know, over the longer term, you find that 40% of those managers in our sample had good performance, but in the crisis, actually, that percentage dropped to 26%. Also, we wanted to see if more concentrated, high-conviction strategies um, uh, were better placed to weather the storm, but we didn't really find any evidence that those high-conviction strategies, um, high-tracking error funds, uh, did any better. There were a lot of opportunities, but that doesn't necessarily translate into easy outperformance. Quite the opposite. Uh, Outperforming was, in fact, uh, harder than before. Next up, and not surprising at all, ESG. 
The resilience of ESG has been a huge story during the crisis. But you were able to dig deeper and explore the effects of ESG exposure at another level. What did you find? Well, we've seen that um, the use of ESG in investment analysis and in portfolio management has really gained a lot of acceptance in the last five to ten years. A lot of research that um, uh, we've done at MSCI, but also research done by academics and other industry organizations had identified ESG as a potential way to mitigate both systematic and idiosyncratic risk. But actually, we haven't had the test of that hypothesis up until this crisis. And this COVID-19 crisis really provided the first real test for, for ESG and how it would perform in, in of how ESG might perform in a crisis. And what we, we saw was that um, companies, portfolios, indices that uh, had high exposure to uh, good ESG characteristics actually suffered smaller drawdowns in relative terms. But that was only part of the story. The other part of the story, which I think is quite important to highlight, is that when you go beneath the surface and you do attribution analysis to see what was the reason for the outperformance of uh, good ESG portfolios, Actually, a large part of this relative outperformance did come from, uh, from ESG and was not just a proxy for other defensive factors like quality or low volatility. What about approaches that aim to replicate indexes, investments like ETFs? Index-based strategies, in fact, played a very critical role by providing flexible tools that uh, enabled the uh, investors to continue to manage their portfolios actively in a rapidly changing market environment. So index tracking ETFs uh, generally remained liquid and they provided uh, an efficient uh, tool for investors to implement uh, asset allocation changes and and, uh, active asset allocation decisions during the crisis. You've definitely given us a lot to think about with these five lessons, but have you drawn any other lessons from this experience? So actually, I have learned two very personal lessons from this crisis as well. And those are that I don't necessarily need the services of a professional barber, and I don't really need the gym subscription. That's because uh, during the lockdown, I've been uh, playing basketball almost on a daily basis in our backyard with my son. And that uh, that's sufficient exercise. And also, my 14-year-old son uh, can cut my hair with... Uh, uh, clippers, and the result is no better or worse than uh, when uh, my barber cuts my hair. So those are two very personal lessons from, from this crisis that I thought I might share with you. Thanks. That's all for this week. Thanks to Demetrius and to all of you for joining us. We hope you'll join us next week when our guest will be Sebastian Lieblich, Global Head of Index Solutions. Sebastian joins us to discuss the results of MSCI's annual market classification review as well as the pandemic's effect on the process. If you have a moment, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast so you can stay up to date on our latest episodes and insights. If there's a topic you'd like explored, or if you just want to let us know what you think, don't hesitate to leave a comment. For more from MSCI, check out our sister podcast, ESG Now, follow us on the MSCI LinkedIn page, and don't forget to bookmark www.msci.com coronavirus for all our crisis-related content. Until next week, I'm your host, Adam Bass, and this is MSCI Perspectives. Stay safe, everyone.